we're just a few days into 2024, but I want to throw back Thursday to 1848 when the first wave of the feminist movement was birthed. A group of women, you know, the creatures born with ovaries and eggs, met at the Seneca Falls Convention to discuss women's rights and launch their suffrage movement. These women wanted to vote, to have a say, to forge their own identities. The second wave of the feminist movement began in the 1960s, and these women stood up against the patriarchy. They burned bras and were eager to ditch domestication roles that kept them boxed into the kitchen. This wave also made way for Title IX and the protection of women's sports and spaces. The third wave of the feminist movement kicked off in the mid-90s, around the time that I was born. This wave addressed sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. It was about female empowerment and strength. Then along came 2017 and the Me Too movement, which led to the downfall of perverts like Harvey Weinstein and others. Concepts like consent took center stage. Which brings us to the present day 2024. The death of feminism. Yes, it is dead. Because men with male parts have hijacked it. The patriarchy has hijacked the feminist movement, all while the supposed liberal feminists cheer it on. They cheer on giant men with male parts swimming against women and walking around women's locker rooms with their junk on display. No consent required. Men like Artemis Langford are championed to live in sorority houses with young women, visible erection and all. Men like Fallon Fox are now allowed to beat the crap out of women, and instead of treating it like what it is, assault, it's applauded and touted as progressive and inclusive. Fallon Fox, Leah Thomas, Artemis Langford, and many, many others praise for their bravery and their perseverance. So yes, feminism is dead. It went from suffrage to suffering, literally, at the giant hands, feet, and balls of males who are not good enough to compete against other males, but have found a home beating up on women. How brave, how bold. Which brings me to USA Boxing and its 2024 rulebook, which allows trans women, aka men, to compete against actual women so long as they're over age 18 and have fully completed gender reassignment surgery. Trans competitors will also be required to submit to hormone testing and must have testosterone levels under a certain level to compete against women. You know, that's all fine and dandy, but regardless of hormone levels, biological men are still bigger, faster, and stronger than women. Women deserve their own spaces, their own sports, but if I say that, the left tells me I'm a transphobe. Weird, because in 1848, 1960, 1995, and even in 2017, that statement would make me a frickin' feminist. But joining me now is someone who knows a thing or two about fighting, whether it be in the octagon or against, against actual men or against liberals and their BS, Colby Covington. Colby, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me on. It's a big honor, Tommy. So I want to start out with this USA boxing thing. What's your initial reaction to this 2024 rule book that's going to allow men to essentially beat the crap out of women and call that sport? Yeah, my first reaction is I think it's a PR stunt. I think that uh, they're just doing this because no one cares about USA boxing anymore. Nobody's talking about USA boxing. So they have to do something to get some publicity because anybody in the right mind thinking that this is a good idea needs to seek help immediately. So this is disgusting. Biological men should have no place in women's sports. I mean, I can't imagine being a woman my whole life and having a fair playing field competing against the other women. And then all of a sudden they just say, hey, we're going to let uh, biological men come compete in our sports. So it's unethical, it's dangerous, and I don't want to see anybody get killed. So we need to reverse this and we need to hold the line and not let this happen. 
Do you think it's going to take something like what you just mentioned, a severe injury, even a death, lifelong repercussions and injuries for women for something like this to actually change? Because it's one thing if you're swimming against someone in a pool, although that's very upsetting. It's another thing when you're actually physically boxing or fighting somebody. I mean, as a man, I'm sure you well know that you could beat the crap out of any woman, and that doesn't make women, you know, less than as humans, but it does make them less than when it comes to their body structure, their hormones, their composition, their strength, their bone density. I mean, it's just plain science. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. And, you know, the number one thing that the boxing commissions and fighter commissions tell us is the one thing they care about is fighter safety. So how is this fighter safety letting biological men compete in women's sports? I mean, this is this is disgusting. Boxing is already a sport that when you sign up and you're a guy and you're fighting another guy, you know that there's implications of fatality. You sign a dotted line. Like in the UFC, we sign a little thing. There's a waiver that says, hey, this could end in fatality. So this is going against other men. Just imagine when you're putting a guy that's fulfilled with testosterone in his body fighting another woman. I mean, I, I don't want to have to see this come to a point where you know, one of our daughters, one of our sisters, one of our mothers has to lose her life over reckless behavior, over irresponsible decisions from USA Boxing. So this needs to get reversed right away. And anybody standing up for this is just unethical and, and it's disgusting. I think this is going to be a major issue in the 2024 election. Not only that, but just the notion of puberty blockers, the, the surgeries on minors, parental rights, the books that are being placed in some school district that are essentially gay porn. How important do you think it's going to be in 2024 that Republicans, conservatives address these kind of issues? Yeah, these are the most important issues of the ticket right now that, that our people in America care about. We want, we want America first. We want a fair and free America. I mean, you look at what this country looked like four years ago when Trump was in office. You know, gas was $1.50 a gallon. Our borders were completely secure. We don't have all these illegal aliens invading our border. And these aren't like men and women coming looking for amnesty. These are middle-aged men that are coming to destroy this country from the inside out. So there's a lot of big policies that uh, are going to be up for grabs on this ticket. And any Republican that wants to win this nomination, the first thing we need to do is secure our border and make sure that there's no men and women's sports. And, and, and the indoctrination of all our children coming up through the schooling system needs to be a focal point as well. I know you're a big fan of Donald Trump. Uh, I see him behind you in that photo, which is wonderful. I'm sure that there's a mutual respect between the two of you. In my opinion, certainly the greatest president of my lifetime. I think he did a fantastic job with our country, but they're coming after him. He's got four indictments. He's got countless legal incidents and cases piling up. Now he's being taken off the ballot in one state, maybe two. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. But do you think that Donald Trump is going to get a fair fight in 2024? On, I, I don't. You know, it's it's already not fair. Look at how they're weaponizing the judicial system against them. They're weaponizing the everything against them. They're using all forms of government to take him down. If they thought that they could beat him in a fair fight, they wouldn't be trying to indict him for for charges that he didn't do. So, you know, you got guys like Bill Clinton that are on Epstein Island. Nothing ever happens happens to guys like that. You know, they, they don't even talk about those guys. If that was Trump, they'd be screaming from the rooftops. They'd be putting it on every single article in the world. So we know it's not going to be a fair fight, but he, he didn't ask for a fair fight. He, he's the strongest fighter and the strongest willed person I've ever met in my life. 
That guy has loyalty like no, none other, not just to this country, but to the people around him, to his family. I mean, he has good children. Could you imagine if someone like Eric Trump had, had a laptop like Hunter Biden? I mean, they would crucify him in the streets. No, Eric Trump is a good family man. He cares about his wife. He cares about his kids. And, and that's how the Trump family is. So, you know, he cares about his family's business. He's not out there, you know, taking bribes from foreign leaders. So, you know, we know it's not going to be a fair fight, but we're pre we're prepared for that. And, and we're going to fight harder and we're going to put America first again. And and people are, are really starting to to wake up to what's going on in this country. You can't trust government. The only one you should trust is God and your family. I agree with you on that. You brought up Jeffrey Epstein. Of course, we had uh, the somewhat redacted list come out uh, yesterday with some names on it that we knew were going to be on it. Of course, they say Bill Clinton has been to the island, but they say that he's not accused of any legal wrongdoing. I don't know how much we believe that. But the fact that this list has been coddled for so long, the fact that so many on this list and this the names we've been given, not even the entire list, and we'll never probably get the full story. What do you make of this? I mean, you're around a lot of high profile people, a lot of elite people. What do you make of a list like this, this document dump, and what you think should happen to those that are implicated? I think the people that are implicated should get the death penalty. This, the, the, being a pedophile, messing with, with harmless children that can't defend themselves or protect themselves because they're too small and, and they can't do anything to, to save their lives against these people that are just going to destroy them. I mean, the, they're going to destroy them psychologically for the rest of their lives. They're never going to be able to have a natural life ever again. They're going to be just thinking of all this trauma from all these older men groping and molesting them and, and, and raping them. So, you know, what I think should happen is, is, you know, what's really scary, Tommy, is it's like a mob boss. You cut off the mob boss's head, a new one grows. So what maybe we know about Epstein Island now, but what other island are these holding these kids hostage? Because we know there's a lot of terrible people in the world, a lot of bad people that do bad things. So where where's the next Epstein Island? Where's the next spot? And that that's where we as people need to come together to look out for our children all around the world. We need to go out there and, you know, fight back against these these uh, pedophiles. And we can't let this go on anymore. Looking ahead to, you know, your plans for this new year, I know you're obviously a very vocal supporter of Donald Trump. You've put your voice behind him many times, including recently, and you're very vocal about that. What do you plan to do? Because you have, you have a huge fan base. What do you plan to do to wake people up that haven't already been uh, awoken to see what they need to do in 2024? And how do you plan to maybe influence them or push them in the right direction with your platform? Yeah, this is a big year. It's an election year. So, you know, my fight and all my focus is going to go into getting Trump back in office. You know, the things he did for this country, he put America first. What president left office and their net worth went down after leaving office? You don't see that from any president or any politician. All these politicians, these swamp creatures that are in these political positions, all of them enrich themselves. You know, the Nancy Pelosi's insider trading, all the Bidens, foreign, you know, taking bribes from foreign leaders. What about the Trumps? They never took nothing from anybody. He's already got billions of dollars and is one of the richest people on the planet. So he doesn't he's not bribed by money. And that's what makes him such a powerful weapon for for the people of America. And, and as our president, because he's not going to be manipulated. You cannot manipulate him with money. And and more than anything, every leader in the world respected him and they don't respect Joe Biden. They know that he's a weak leader. He's incompetent and they can walk all over him. So. You know, this year I'm going to be spent on the campaign trail doing whatever it takes to 
to support Donald Trump, just like he supported me. He's been front row at my fights. He's given me calls and advice every every after every single fight I've had. So come on, this is the most famous and powerful person in in the world, and has the busiest schedule in the world. And he's taking time for a nobody like me to to call me and give me advice, give me support. It just shows how loyal he is to the people around him and to his country, more importantly. And that's what he loves more than anything in the world is that red, white, and blue flag. He will die for that flag. He's willing to give up all his rich and luxurious life at Mar-a-Lago, this billion-dollar property. He's willing to give up all that so he can come fight for the people. So people need to stand up. They need to rise up. They need to fight back for him. And they need to work harder than ever this election season to get him elected again. What do you think happens if he were to lose in 2024, saying that he is the nominee? We'll just we'll just pretend it's already a done deal. It's Joe Biden against Donald Trump. He loses in 2024. Then what happens, do you think? That's that's the end of America. That's the end of democracy. We will live in a tyrannical state and it will be the end for we the people. There will be no constitutional rights. It, it will be big government that tells us how to live, tells us what to do, tells us to get 100 jabs and, and, and 50 booster shots and tells us how to live our lives. So uh, Donald Trump is the last line of defense from we the people and big government. So we need him back more than ever. We, we won't have a country that, that we know. It will be burned and looted to the ground. The borders will be wide open and you know, it, it'll be like the Trojan horse effect where it looks nice on the outside, but then it gets destroyed from the inside out. Uh, sadly, I do agree with you. I don't think we can go through another term, whether it be uh, Joe Biden or whatever other Democrat they would install in his place. Certainly not something I want to see in my country, which I don't recognize even as we sit today. I know it's going to get so much worse. Thank you for being a patriot, for always being outspoken. I know that sometimes it's not easy to do in your position, but you're fearless. And I appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for having me, Tommy. God bless you and the family. God bless. Thank you so much. All right, folks, remember to tune in to Outkick.com to watch Outkick's original and fearless shows live. Head to the Watch tab so you don't miss a beat. All right, the decolonization of gender, the celebration of obesity and diabetes, and girls gone wild over stupid pink cups. It's time for my final thoughts and my losers of the week. It is 2024, but sadly, at least as of yet, not much has changed. The economy still sucks, Biden is still lost, and Hollywood liberals are still as clueless and whiny as ever. Which brings me to loser one this week, Killers of the Flower Moon actress Lily Gladstone, who was taking a brave stand against her own pronouns. In an interview with People, she explained that despite quite clearly being a she-her, she is comfortable going by both she and they. Gladstone explained that many indigenous languages don't have gendered pronouns, and she, sorry, she-they, feels that using she-they is a way for her to decolonize gender for herself. You know, I think you get extra points in liberal land when you can somehow find a way to mention both racism and pronoun oppression in one breath, but it's really quite something, and also totally and completely useless at the same time. You know, imagine starring in a blockbuster film alongside Leo DiCaprio, and the most interesting and headline-worthy part of your exclusive interview being your pronouns. But speaking of useless things that are a waste of time and energy, this next story may be even more ridiculous than the notion of decolonizing pronouns. Shoppers are going berserk over these stupid-ass Starbucks pink Stanley cups. Some waiting in line for hours in the dead of winter in the middle of the night to get a stupid pink cup. To be clear, these cups are nothing more than stainless steel tumblers in the color pink. And we thought toilet paper hoarders in 2020 were weirdos, but this takes the cake. 
Speaking of cake, moving on to my final losers of the week, the organizers and attendees of Seattle's forthcoming FatCon. I'm going to FatCon in Seattle, Washington, January 5th through 7th, and I want to see you there. FatCon is a three-day fat liberation celebration, y'all. We will be celebrating fat liberation, body acceptance, and the power of being in fat community. With over 60 hours of programming spanning from policy, legislation, healthcare, community, and visual arts, plus a ton more, this is sure to be something you don't want to miss. The vibes are going to be immaculate. With a fat brunch, a fat fashion show, and a fat vendor marketplace, there is so much to do. Plus, there's some really cool experiences you can sign up for, like some fat liberation photo shoots and some incredible shopping experiences with Two Big Blondes. It's going to be a ton of fun, but this event is supposed to encourage fat liberation. The sponsors include diabetes, heart disease, trans fats, and Big Pharma. They might build this thing as some sort of empowerment event, but it's actually the glorification of a death sentence. And those are my losers of the week from Nashville. God bless and take care.